I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Hey, welcome to Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and today we have one of my best friends on the show, Jennifer Toledo. She's actually married to my very best friend in the universe, and Jennifer and her husband, Hona, planted a church with me in Los Angeles, California, and now senior pastor at, it's called Expression 58. Jennifer also leads an organization where she goes after children at risk and people in red light districts and war zones and helps to cover a lot of missionaries, and she's creating a conversation about justice in the nations amongst church leaders where we're not just looking at social justice as a humanistic, secular viewpoint, but we're looking at it as something that actually is relevant to the church today. And one of my favorite uh, themes in that whole subject is children at risk. And Jennifer is going to tell us, I'm going to ask her at least to tell us some of her stories about just how she went after getting a heart for justice and children. And so I know you're going to enjoy not only the stories, but some of you who are listening, you have this prophetic justice side of your heart that comes alive when you see areas of injustice that you know that God wants to correct. And Jennifer is someone who's seen this not only on a local level or a little missionary story level, but she's seen hospitals hospitals cleared out with healing. She's seen you know, uh, countries change their policy and laws on certain issues like anti-human trafficking legislation in Ecuador. It's amazing the fruit they've had in such a small space of one life. So I get to interview her right now. Stay tuned. Welcome to the podcast today. This is Sean Bowles and we're exploring the prophetic and I'm so excited to have one of my besties here in the studio today, Jennifer Toledo. Hello. Hi. Jennifer, you and your husband lead the church that we founded together. Uh, Expression 58, which you can find at expression58.org. And I would encourage you right from the beginning of the show to get on the podcast because you're going to want to hear Jennifer. She's one of our favorites. My wife and I are always telling her, you killed it. I've never heard a message that good on whatever it is. And she's always going, really? (laughs) Which is awesome. But today we're going to talk about um, one of the main passions you have. You've written a book uh, that was published just a little bit ago on children of the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And you tell stories about kids encountering God in real ways. Yeah. And you've had a unique history of, I mean, a long time since you were a teenager, really, of going mm-hmm. after extreme missions, places that not many people want to go, extreme poverty, red light districts, war zones. Why other people are thinking about their senior prom, you're probably thinking about Rwanda <laughs> disaster. <It's> true, true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is part of how you're wired. You're mm-hmm. just hardwired to see uh, God's heart in these extreme places fully manifest. And how did this start for you? You know, I think for me, just my whole life, I've kind of had been drawn to missions and children and and the vulnerable and just kind of started, I actually grew up just even on like missionary stories. And even in that, I just would always be drawn to this fact that God could encounter anybody anywhere. And so even for me with, with the things with kids, it, it really started on my own. I was on a missions trip at 21 years old and was actually sitting in the dirt and leading this little street kid to the Lord in Africa, right? In Africa, in Kenya, and um, and in that moment, I, I just got totally hit with the presence of God. I just felt like God say, "Say, will you teach the next generation the undiluted gospel?" And honestly, it stopped me in my tracks. And um, because I, my response was, 
God, I'm American. I don't think I know the undiluted gospel. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I just became very, I would raise in the church, you know, love God my whole life, but I didn't feel in that moment, like, oh my goodness, there's so much more. And, and so it really just kind of began this journey. And when God responded in that moment and he said, I could just feel his, his heart for wanting kids to truly know him on his terms, people to know him on his terms. And I just told the Lord, I said, if you'll teach me, I promise I'll teach them. And that wow. really just began this journey of um, really with orphans and street kids. And it just began this journey of really pressing in for the undiluted gospel and, and who God is and watching that manifest in kids' lives and seeing transformation. And it's been, it's been a wild ride. Well, tell me one of the God stories where whatever happened to the story wouldn't have happened if God didn't speak. Cause we're exploring the prophetic. So it's this, this concept of when God speaks, things mm-hmm. really do happen. It accelerates or changes things that could not have been changed if he didn't show up. So give us kind of a glimpse into one of the, the children's stories of something that wouldn't have happened either way. Yeah. Well, you know, shortly actually after that experience where God began to challenge me with the undiluted gospel, I, I began to work with this group of, of kids and was just teaching them how to hear God's voice, how to, you know, that God could speak. And, and so this was really beautiful to watch. Well, in the midst of this time, these kids are praying and seeking God. And, and one little boy has a dream. And in the dream, um, he sees this big dragon that has swallowed up the people of his city. Mm. And in the dream, him and other kids marched and danced throughout their city for uh, seven times. They danced around their city seven times. And on the seventh day, the seventh time, the dragon in his dream threw up all the people of the city. (laughs) It was pretty intense. And the dragon like withered and died. And so this little boy, this little orphan, boy comes and tells me this dream. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And, and in that moment, I think even as parents right now, as a parent, I, I think we have, we have to be so careful in those moments to really validate when God is speaking to our kids. Cause it'd be easy to go, oh, it's a great imagination, you know, dragons and whatever. And really in that moment, it was like, oh my goodness, God is speaking to this child. And wow. we'd been praying for their city. We'd been praying for a move of God. And so he has this very prophetic dream. And, um, and so we just began to ask God for clarity. And it was pretty obvious. It was like, okay, well, the kids of the city marched and, and worshiped around the city for seven days and something broke. And so we just actually activated and stepped out on the prophetic word that this child had. And and so we gathered um, the kids of the city and we thought we were going to get maybe a couple hundred kids. We ended up gathering over 2,000 kids. Oh I know. It was wild. 2,000 <laughs> kids came together and they began to just... We, seven days, they, they, every day would just take about an hour and a half and march through oh the city, gosh. worshiping. I mean, it was traffic had to stop. The whole city had to be shut down as literally 2000 kids. <laughs> what did people just, think they were doing? I mean, people were like, what is going on? Like, this was just an army of 2000 kids, literally like waving flags, singing, dancing, like, you know, the name of the town is Bengoma and there was just Bengoma for Jesus. And they're just screaming. It was just like, this is incredible. And so this happened seven days in a row. And, um, you know, the reality is uh, that dream was 100% from God. And although we didn't see obviously a big dragon, like throw up people (laughs) or whatever, there was a massive shift in the city from that day. And, um, really a, a revival, a move of God began to happen after these seven days and something shifted dramatically. And we began to see just phenomenal healings take place. These kids were going into the hospitals. We were seeing, just literally on a daily basis, we were seeing people get healed of AIDS and typhoid and malaria. Oh 
we were seeing like, these are like nine and ten year olds who are praying for. Oh, like, it's not like, like four to like you know twelve year olds, like just little kids. And um, I mean, we we saw entire um, wards of hospitals cleared out. Um, just crazy signs and wonders and people getting saved. One of, you know, there were so many miracles and things that were happening. One of the things that was really beautiful and to me that felt maybe even more miraculous, I don't know, than no, that's not nice to say. But I mean, it was pretty miraculous was these kids as they're um, every day, they would march to the city and then afterwards they would, they wanted to do this big open air crusade and they wanted to preach the gospel. <laughs> and I'm amazing. like, I'm not going to say no to that. Go ahead. You know? So, so these kids are just preaching the gospel and this beautiful thing that had happened. There was so much division in this city amongst the pastors. And I'm talking in the Supreme court of Kenya, they had cases against each other. Oh wow! It was in intense. a small town. They in had... a small town. Wow. So it was known as major div- division and um, so all these, as these kids are preaching the gospel, God is moving so powerfully. Hundreds of people were getting saved every night. People were getting delivered. I mean, it was like a crazy move of God. Well, these pastors, I remember one day looking out and there's, there's probably about 30 pastors just on the senior pastors on their face, literally laying in the dirt on their face, weeping and repenting before the Lord because they had not valued children. They didn't even, wow. these kids were a part of their congregation and they had never valued them. They'd never even you know, it was like, get out so we can have real church. That was the mentality. And they got so rocked and convicted. And through this, just the kids just began to just ask God for more. We were affirming them like, you are hearing God. This is so good. Look, we acted on this. Look what's happening. Look at the fruit and all these people getting saved. And, and there's more unity in, just unity in the city and people getting healed. And the kids were getting excited. So they just kept pressing in to God for, for more. Like, God, we want to hear you more. And so actually after that event, one, another kid had a, um, in prayer, he just felt like God said that they were to go to the pastors and wash their feet. And so kids from from one side of the tracks, if you will, one kind of pastor's network that were at odds with another, those kids would go to the pastors from the other side wow. and washed their feet and vice versa. It was so humbling to these pastors that it literally the pastors were like, we're so embarrassed that the children are leading the way in this. And they, wow. they gathered together and they repented and had major healing and unity in that city. And, and just being able to watch like fruit, you know, the, the leaders of this city couldn't get a breakthrough in this for a long time. And here comes some kids who just started listening to God, <laughs> getting the strategy from God and transformation just opens up. And so it was just, we better drop our court cases. Yeah, they did, And they completely did. They dropped That's the court amazing. cases. I mean, it was just things like that where it just began to, to unfold and the kids so excited that, you know, Oh my gosh, I'm hearing God and it works. And, and it just grew and grew. And actually over time, you know, there was several things that were happening and, and um, kind of throughout the nation began to go, oh my goodness, there's kids that know how to hear God's voice. And just kind of began, people began, began to just kind of catch word of it. And two different times, the president of Kenya flew out to this tiny town wow. with his cabinet, wow. literally to sit with these children and ask these kids, what is God saying over our nation? <laughs> I mean, what? It was crazy. It was so wild. And um, I just think this is so beautiful. Like, yeah. When God speaks, not only do things shift, but it it catches the attention of literally world leaders who who would come to orphans and widows because they have something. They have God. They're communicating with God and, and ask them, what is God saying to our nation? It's profound. So 
yeah. No, I think it's incredible too because you you have a curriculum that you've I've watched you do with kids, mm-hmm. and you have it in a manual and eyes to see and ears to hear. Mm-hmm. But um, which you can get at expression58.org. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll just say because I think it's yeah. so valuable. I think Bethel buys you know thousands of them mm-hmm. because they're are one of our kind of like a home church in Redding, California. But I think it's so profound because you're teaching these kids at four and five and six to have significance in their relationship with God that he does talk to you. And it makes a big difference. And the stories you're getting out of it, like I, I've, I've seen other people do this mm-hmm. and before you, before I met you, and it was really like cute. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh yeah, I see two angels and they're sitting next to you and they're protecting you. Like protect, mm-hmm. and that's all they got. You had kids who would hear from God and they would make decisions to take stands at their school or to go help somebody who's a person at risk or to go to places that they shouldn't go as kids, you know, and like see things happen. And, and I think part of this is you, you're wired this way to believe like, I mean, I've watched you through, through the years go, we can go to the red light district or we can really, oh, you want to go to a war zone? We'll release you to go to the war zone. And it's a brave faith that comes from trusting what you're hearing from God. So tell us about that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, I've, I've always been of the mindset cause we do, we do some crazy things. We are in some crazy places and naturally people would look at that and go, you shouldn't be there. You guys yeah. shouldn't be in this war zone. You shouldn't be working in these brothels. It's not safe. It's not safe. And to me, um, my ability to release somebody in our ministry, really in these, into these places, really 100% hinges on their ability to hear God's voice. Because if, if I can trust somebody's ability to hear God, I can, I can trust that they will know what to do, where to be, all of that. And that's really been a huge piece of how we even train up people, obviously character and all that too is really important, but, but people's ability to connect with God. And, and I think sometimes, you know, part of why we, we even did the manual is because I think people make it way too complicated, yeah. you know, and, and the reality is, yes, this, the manual we have eyes and ears is really for, um, originally it was designed for like parents to do with their kids or wanted to just create a tool for families, people to teach kids, whether it's in the classroom and Sunday school or homeschooling, we've got, you know, various outlets to use it. But, um, what's been kind of funny to me actually is, is through the years, um, although it's, originally written for children. Um, we've had so many adults oh, totally. use it. You totally. know, we, I've had adults all over the world oh, yeah. have used it. We have, we have, you know, currently in Ecuador, there's a, there's a team of, you know, multimillion, multimillionaire, like, uh, executives that, that come together once a week, these guys, and they use this <laughs> children's manual because That's they were awesome. like, we desperately want to hear God, but every, it just feels too complicated. And this really made it simple for us. And now we're all really hearing God and our, our businesses are really thriving because we learned how to hear God. And, yeah. and so for me, I think, I think with the prophetic, we have to demystify it yeah. and it just, Every single one of us has the ability to hear God. You know, if you are his sheep, you hear his voice. Like that's the end of the, you know, that's it. And, and we're all wired to hear him. And so I think just helping people understand the reality of God does speak. God is speaking. It doesn't have to be this weird thing. It's just, that's relationship. And, and so the more that we can train people to really hear his voice and have that relationship, the the more you can stretch them, the further they can go, you know, the, the further, the further we can all go. And, um, I think many times people have been afraid to go into, you know, um, maybe some of the dark places, if you will, of society, um, because we don't know what to do when we get there because we don't have the connection. And if you, but if you do have the connection, if you do have the relationship, if you can hear his voice, like Daniel in Babylon, you can know what to say, what not to say, what to do, what not to do. And you'll just begin to watch doors open. You'll begin to watch transformation. And so 
I think, you know, the reality is we're, we're obviously huge, both huge um, believers in this, that the church belongs in the darkness. The church should be running into these places, bringing transformation. And we're not going to truly be salt and light until we really equip people with the ability to hear God for themselves. You know, I always tell people, it's like, if, if your coworker needs a word from God, you don't need to call a pro- your prophet friend. Ask God for a exactly. word for them. You know? Be the like, prophet. Yeah, yeah. You be the, if somebody needs to get saved, you don't call an evangelist. You, you have the Holy Spirit. You have everything inside of you that you need. And so just really teaching people how to connect with God in that way. And, and then you know, the reality is everything we're doing with kids, everything we're doing in the nations with justice, everything we're doing in LA with expression, all of it, all the strategy, the bottom line of all of that is what we're hearing God say, and we're just acting on it. Absolutely. And I think of... I think of some of the times when you were before you even and Hona were even married and how mm-hmm. we were praying into you were going to some dangerous places. I remember you were like doing a border crossing at night one yeah, time and we were like yeah, you're telling us yeah. like this is what's going on mm-hmm. and and we're just like we're we're in a place where we could either be in fear mm-hmm. or trust your ability to hear from God mm-hmm. and live in the adventure of it. And you've had to do that many times. I remember one time you handed off one of the missionaries to me because you had to be out of town and she had to call me at certain points or else we had to send Mm -hmm. the United Nations after her. And so she, and you said, pray because she may not call you and you need to know if you're supposed to call United Nations or not. Mm -hmm. She may need a two hour grace period, but you have to pray. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. wait, I'm not this wired for this. I'm not, I'm not this good at this. But I remember just, I trusted her ability to hear Mm -hmm. from God and I trusted my ability to hear from God and it all worked out. Like she didn't call me. She was like three hours later or something. And I remember just going, do I call them? And it's like a fifty thousand or thirty thousand dollar decision to call them, because we have to pay for them to go try and extract her. It's a whole war effort, and I didn't call them. And then she called me and said, "I'm so sorry, I'm late. I'm so sorry, I'm late. I was in this village." And she tells me what's going on, and just every aspect of it. It's not like we're weird and have to hear God about everything. But when you're going into the darkness or when you're going into the zones, yeah. like I love your ability to trust your relationship with mm-hmm. God. And we're exploring the prophetic on this podcast, and part of what we're exploring yeah. is does hearing God give us an advantage and it does. Oh my gosh. It's the complete advantage. thousand percent. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm just even thinking like this story is just kind of coming to my mind right now of how even in those moments, right? Like we get God for strategy. We get God for all of that. But I mean, it is always the game changer. Hearing God is the game changer in every circumstance. Like it's the, it's the key to people's hearts. It's the key to getting out of trouble. Like it's the key to so many things, you know, (laughs) I was just thinking of this instance where we were in Ecuador and um, Hone and I, and, and we're in the red light district and it's drug Lords and it's, you know, prostitution and lots of criminal activity. And very clearly I heard the Lord say, go down this street. Now, normally we would never let our team go down that street because it's just very dangerous. But I knew that I knew that I knew because I've been working at hearing him. You know, it takes practice. Nobody's, you know, I guess maybe unless you're Sean Bowles, you know, born under some like oh, exactly. some no, no, famous no, 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 star, no, no, no. you just exactly. born able to hear they God's voice. They all know that's not true. <laughs> so, you know, it takes practice. It takes working at it. And because I've gotten used to, okay, I know that I can trust his voice. And when he said, go down this road, the street we did. And sure enough, we get down this really, it's through the middle of the night. We get down this dark road and... Um, get surrounded by this group of guys. And I was like, this is not good, you know, and have all these guys and they're, they're about to rob us. And it's this whole thing. And they're getting really aggressive and violent with Hona. I'm like, oh, great. Now, like, <laughs> hopefully I don't get my husband killed. You know, and I'm like, what? Yeah. No, but in that moment, I go, I know that I heard God. I know this was not my idea. This was God's idea. And in that moment, it shifts everything because it's like, I don't have to get into fear. I know God is with us. But in that moment going, I don't know what else to do. I can't talk these guys off of, they're like, you know, these guys are armed. I'm like, what are we going to do? You know? And in that moment, the only thing I could think of, I just literally 
Trust me, I had nothing. I had nothing. I mean, I was not feeling like, oh, I feel so prophetic right now. No, I was literally like, oh my gosh, I don't want to die. So I literally just out of my mouth, I was like, wait, 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 don't rob us, don't rob us. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was like, God has something to say to you. And they're looking at me and they're like, what? And I was like, he has something to say to you. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? Oh, wow. And I just was like, God, please, please, <laughs> something. And, um, and I just... You know, uh, actually, Stacey Campbell explained when I was first learning the prophetic, Stacey Campbell explained the prophetic to me this way. And I thought it was a great explanation. She had a tissue box and, you know, the little part of the tissue that sticks at the top. And she says, you get a tiny little fuzzy imprint of something and you just pull that. And then you don't get the next tissue. You don't get the next piece until you pull that one out. And so you just got to keep, you just got to use your little (laughs) pincher fingers just to pull the tiny little thing you have. And then you don't see the next one, you know, till then I was like, I just remembered that in that moment. Like just what, I just need the tip of the Kleenex God, something, you know, and, um, I knew it had something to do with this boy's grandma. And so I just started saying something about his grandma praying for him. And then it just started to flow. And I just began to just get a word for these guys. And I'm just prophesying to them. And literally the main guy stops and he looks at me and he's like, are you a witch? How do, oh. you, how do you know this? And I was like, not a witch. Um, <laughs> and But it was literally like, thank you, God, you know, in that moment. And anyways, we just began to just prophesy to them. And like I said, I wasn't feeling very prophetic. I wasn't feeling <laughs> spiritual. It was just a total step of faith and trust in my relationship with him. And long story short, by the end of the night, instead of being robbed or killed, which, you know, thank God didn't happen, we ended up leading these guys to the Lord. We ended up taking them to dinner, two and a half hour meal, just loving on them, sharing the gospel with them. One of them got their knee totally healed. Like, amazing things. And so... Like, oops, sorry, we almost killed you and robbed you. I know. But we love Jesus now. Yes, in every circumstance, being able to hear God's voice is the game changer. Yeah. It does give you the upper hand. Well, we've been talking about exploring God's voice, especially through, uh, now it's even justice stuff, not just with children, and how he's a game changer. I love how this interview went. And I so appreciate you, Jennifer. How do people get a hold of you? People can reach us at expression58.org, our website. There's contact information I've on there. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> as well as our podcasts for sermons and the books we talked about. Um, there's two books, Children in the Supernatural, which is a collection of stories of just radical stories of things God's doing with kids. So oh, I love it. It'll all those hospital life. stories. There's a, there's a ton. And not just in Africa, but in the U.S., you know, just all over. So there's that's a collection of wild stories that will inspire faith. And then the other book, Eyes That See and Ears That Hear, which is the training guide for teaching children and adults who want a less complicated version on how to hear God's voice. <laughs> yes. And also justiceisbeautiful.org. Yes. You can visit there and see what they're doing in the nations. Thank you so much for being on, Jennifer. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Exploring the Prophetic. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us. Go to our website, www.bowlesministries.com. Also, let's continue the conversation together on our Facebook page. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.